start off in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if you want to turn there. As I said earlier, we've kind of been leading up to this series and uh, I talked last week about um, you go to if, if you're in um, 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about spiritual gifts without love is like a clanging cymbal or gong and how um, it's distracting. And I told you about something I'm going to let you experience now. Um, and I'm just going to have Matt play it for you without any setup. And I think you'll know what I mean. This is the musical equivalent to me of spiritual gifts without love. Here it is. We still lift up our hands. Yeah, that's really bad. Um, that is distracting. Because when they say everyone sing, I mean, it's supposed to be, you know, the heavens are supposed to open up, you know. I mean, it's Chris Tomlin, right? So um, it's supposed to be this big, powerful moment when it hits. And what happens is there's just no way. You can, you can claim to be tone deaf all you want. There's no way that you would just proceed as normal. Like, what happened? What is everybody talking about? I totally missed it. You are not that in the spirit or that tone deaf uh, to make it through that. Um, it just doesn't happen. So that's, that's the thing. That if, if we are trying to, um, to carry out some of these things and we're getting into spiritual gifts, um, but he also talks about, he kind of goes to different examples of the gifts about how if he speaks in, in whatever language and the, and the language of heaven, if he knows all the answers to all the theological whatevers, if he has faith to move mountains, if he even becomes a martyr, if he gives away all of his stuff uh, for the poor, if any of those things happen without love, then it is what we just heard. It distracts because everything that we're about to talk about is not about us. And so when they're done without love, they're drawing attention to us instead of to the Father. And so... Um, that's my recap of the last five weeks. There it is, nice and neat. Spiritual gifts, um, it's kind of a, an interesting topic to, to chase after. Um, and I'm going to watch my time because if I'm not careful, it'll be bad. Um, we're doing these summer community groups that are topical, and we kind of surveyed everybody a while back to see what you'd want to talk about. And this was... Um, definitely the most popular request, and so just decided to just make it into a sermon series. Um, and so uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, uh, we kind of start to get some context. Uh, verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Um, 1 Corinthians is in part a response to a letter that the church in Corinth had sent to Paul. And so he begins to address some of their questions in, like, chapter 7. And um, so that's when he talks about, like, marriage, divorce, um, food sacrifice to idols, all that kind of stuff. 
And then here in 12, he begins to move into spiritual gifts. So we know that this is something they wanted to learn about. They were curious about it. And so um, he opens up with this, and look, I don't want you to be uninformed. And we could probably assume the same thing for us, that uh, uh, something like spiritual gifts uh, is something that we need to be aware of. But I want to point out something that um, you may have in your Bible, too, where it says gifts in verse 1. Mine has a footnote. My footnote says, or spiritual persons. That is significant. Spiritual gifts, spiritual persons. Just keep that little nugget in the back of your mind. I'll probably never come back to it, but just remember that. Um, you'll, see, you'll see what I mean. Um, look at verse 7. Can y'all hear me okay? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, if you want a good, like, definition verse for what a spiritual gift is, this is a good, really good one to have, okay? Um, this kind of pulls everything into a nice little, you know, short verse. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, all right? So... This, what I want to do tonight is I want to lay a foundation. Next couple weeks we'll build on it. Okay. Um, so if you want to know how to define it, this is a good one. All right. So let's just kind of pick this apart for a second. To each is given. Um, if you are a Christian, all right. If you have um, recognized your need for a savior, recognize the fact that. Um, that God is holy and that you are not holy and because he is holy he cannot be in the presence of things that are unholy so we're separated from him if you recognize that and recognize the fact that that's not what he wanted that's not uh, his design for the way uh, things to go and so um, he is the only one who could change that situation so the way he changed it was by showing up on the earth in Jesus and uh, lived a perfect life and became uh, a sacrifice. And so by trusting that Jesus' death was more than just a famous guy getting killed, by trusting that his death on that cross um, was substitution and payment in order to allow you a connection back to God. And you have placed your faith in what Jesus did, and you have basically said, I'm the problem he is the solution. My faith is in what He has done. I'm trusting Him as my Savior and to be the Lord of my life. And have begun to walk in that repentance and that life change. If you're a Christian, a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus, you have been gifted by God. Unfortunately, spiritual gifts as a topic of teaching has become um, a ranking system within the church. I don't know if that's because people have taught it wrong or because people have learned it wrong or like where things kind of got messed up. It's probably a, a little bit of both. But that is not correct. That is not biblical. And so that's why we're going to kind of unpack some misconceptions, all right? So if you are a Christian, you have been given a spiritual gift, okay? 
So to each is given, to every one of us. Don't believe the lies that you're not as gifted as somebody else. Don't believe the lies that, oh, well, because you um, don't lead everybody to Christ that you fly on, uh, that when you fly on an airplane that you sit next to, that you are not a good Christian, all right? Because you kind of struggle to know, like, is Zechariah a book of the Bible, or was he just a guy in another, okay? Just because you can't name the minor prophets, all right? Don't sweat it. There's so many issues that we have because because we live in this society that always ranks people, the haves and the have-nots and the athletes and the whatevers and the whatever. When we've drugged that into the church, for some reason spiritual gifts is where that comes out. So you'll be in the seventh grade and your youth minister will pass out this test and you answer like 9,000 questions and then it... You answer 9,000 questions from them to tell you you have to get to faith. <laughs> All right. And the person next to you, they, they have the gift of prophecy. Whew. The person next to them has the gift of healing. I mean, who wouldn't want to get to healing, you know? So then it automatically becomes like varsity Christians, JV Christian, freshman scrub at the end of the bench, you know? Complete lies, complete junk, and we're just not going to let that exist anymore, all right? To each is given. And God looked at your life and specifically and uniquely and intentionally created you in such a way just like He wanted you. So all the quirks in our personality and stuff like that, things that we, we don't like or things that we inherited from our parents to drive us crazy or you know all this kind of stuff. God made you that way. But sure, there's... There's areas of refinement, okay? Like you can't just like be a jerk all your life. It's like, oh, it's just God, how made, God made me. Josh said it. God made me a jerk. No, God did not make you a jerk. <laughs> Maybe he made you bluntly honest, okay? But uh, he also gave you a brain and a desire to be Christ-like. And Jesus was blunt and forward. He just wasn't a jerk. So God has, has done this. So each one of us, like this is awesome. So I'm just uh, really afraid that when when you first heard that I was going to do a series on spiritual gifts, you're like, great. Now I get to like, have it confirmed that I'm JV. <laughs> you know? Not the case. All right? Everybody's going to letter. All right? Everybody. <laughs> so you always want a letterman jacket with all the bars on it. So this is your, your deal. Patches, everything. You can wear it forever. Um, to each is given this, okay? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Right? When something manifests, all right, it comes out into the light. It, it is made known all of a sudden. So a manifestation of the Spirit means that this is a way that God Himself comes to light through your life. That there are things about His character, all right, His personality, His heart, that manifests in your life, every single one of us, as He determined uniquely when He created you. So that's why um, the diversity of a church is so cool. That's why there are some people who have a tremendous heart, all right, for, um, let's say, 
like international students on the LSU campus who have left not not like their home state or their home parish, but their home country and come over here and they don't know anybody and all that kind of stuff. They're people who are completely gravitate toward that group of people on the LSU campus. There are other people who gravitate toward um, like when you, like sometimes when, maybe when you leave church and you go somewhere and there's somebody that comes up and they're like, hey, um, can I have a few bucks? I haven't eaten in a couple of days. Those are like you want to help um, uh, the homeless in our area. Some of you cannot stand the fact that, uh, like I read something on uh, Facebook today, a friend of mine, she said, I'm watching this show where they're um, renovating these homes and they're spending $100,000 per room renovating these homes, you know, and she's like, I wonder if they realize that there are people who have no clean water and live on dirt floors and all this stuff, if they would be so proud of themselves, you know. And so some people, they look at the injustice around the world, uh, the poverty and the hunger and the sexual trafficking and those kind of things, and you are like, I need to get out of this place and go to that place and help rescue some people. Um, those are all different kinds of reflections of the heart of God. And then there are the people who you can't stand to see someone crying. You, you have to go over it. You have to even just pat them on the back. Even if it's a complete stranger, it drives you crazy. See, these are all different ways that the Spirit of God, the heart of God, the character of God comes to light in life. As He has uniquely designed your life and your personality and your experiences and all that stuff. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, the common good basically means for the building up of other people and of the church. See, spiritual gifts, if you connect it to Paul talking about love, that's probably why he called time out after chapter 12 to get into chapter 13. It was because of this. See, all those things, all right, responding to social justice or to the homeless situation or to international students on campus or to someone sitting there crying, we can respond to those things not lovingly and things just point back to us. And that's what he was saying. He's like, look, this is not about glorifying yourself. This has nothing to do with you. This is about the building up of the common good, the building up of other people, the building up of the church. Because when that happens, it points back to the author, points back to the creator. It's the bride pointing back to the groom. That's what spiritual gift is. It's simply the ways that God makes himself known in your life. That's it. Now, we'll get into, you know, there's like different lists and there's different whatevers and different, you know, all this kind of stuff, but we need to have that most, most basic understanding of what we're talking about. That somehow in your life, God shows up. Turn, turn to Romans chapter 1. In Romans 1, see, begins... Verse 11. It says, For I long to see you, 
that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. He wants to impart to them spiritual gift. It does not mean that he's going to show up and he's going to like distribute spiritual gifts. What he's saying is, I want to show up and I want to use my gift. I want to impart to you my spiritual gift so that you can be strengthened. See, he loves these people so much. He knows they're having some issues and they're having some really good stuff too. And he wants to show up and he wants to bring his own unique manifestation of the Spirit into their lives so that as God shows up through him, their faith is strengthened, that they are encouraged, that they are able to make it through whatever it is that they're going through. That's the manifestation of the Spirit given to each of us for the common good. That's what it means. So if you're in a community group, you, when you show up on Tuesdays, you're more than just like sitting on the couch. You bring in a unique manifestation of the Spirit of God to this group for the strengthening and encouraging of everybody else's faith. People say, oh, I'll just skip this week. It won't really matter. Well, unless somebody in the group needs the manifestation of the Spirit that you bring to the table, that's not a guilt trip about attendance. I'm just saying. It's a philosophy thing, all right? Please don't hear me fussing. But think about it. Look at what he says about, uh, I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Mutual encouragement by each other's faith. Think about your life that way. See, you don't just take up space here at the Ring Community Church. You don't. God shows up in your life in a way that brings strength to others. And as he brings strength to others, you also are strengthened. You're mutually encouraged. Now, I was thinking about like an example. And I'm going to use kind of, a, it's kind of a silly example, and then we'll go more serious. All right? I was trying to think of someone I could pick on, but I'm not in the mood to pick on anybody. So let's say that Oprah, Oprah and Stedman broke up. All right? And let's say that Stedman was a part of our church. All right? Everybody likes Stedman, right? Stedman's going through a breakup. All right? Part of life, people go through them all the time, and everybody makes it through. It's going to be fine. But Stedman's taking it really hard because, I mean, it's Oprah, right? Um, so here's Stedman as a part of this church going through a breakup. Someone who, uh, the gift of serving, would go and cut Stedman's grass. Because the last thing you want to do when you're upset is cut the grass. Right? Right, guys? Cut by him for the first time in six weeks yesterday. <laughs> Can't wait for somebody to come serve me, but they would. So. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I seriously am kidding. All right. Someone with the gift of encouragement encourages him. <laughs> you know? Man, it's going to be okay. It's just Oprah. <laughs> Someone with the gift of teaching sits down with Stedman and says, all right, 
I mean, what are you, what are you learning from this? What have you learned about yourself? What lies are you believing? What truth can you claim? You know, like, so someone with the gift of teaching is really going to help him process this because it's hard. Someone with the gift of leadership is going to say, all right, man, you're not walking through this by yourself. I'm going to walk with you step by step. You're going to make it, and you're not going to be alone. Someone with the gift of prophecy, random text message. Hey, Stead. Uh, <laughs> hey, Stead. Um, heard about the breakup. For some reason, this verse, like the Lord just gave me this verse out of nowhere. It may mean nothing. I don't know. I just figured I'd send it to you. Maybe it's encouraging. All right? Spontaneous, like the Lord just laid this on my heart. I need to share it with you. All right? Get to prophecy. Get to faith. Someone's like, man, I know this is hard, but you got to trust it's part of his plan for your life. Someone with the gift of administration is like, okay, Stedman's in our community group. Stedman likes to eat. Let's organize, let's get it together. Let's organize who's going to bring it. We're bring it every, every three days so we can eat off it for two days. And um, then we'll, we'll get the dishes back. We'll get them clean, you know, all this kind of stuff. That's administration. Someone's just getting that stuff together. Someone with the gift of mercy, all right? is not going to come along and just blame him. We all need that. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, someone's going to come along, someone who's been through that, maybe someone that's a little older than Stedman, someone who's like, man, it's going to be okay. It's just speaking like wise words, just good, solid counsel that we all need. Um, somebody comes up and says something, he has no idea what they just said, get to tongues. Someone comes up and explains what they just said. Interpretation. See? See, every one of those things is a manifestation of the character of God. So what God does is he assembles a church with all these different manifestations of him all the different facets of his character and his nature and his heart and all this stuff, all showing up in unique ways all the time. And you respond. And that's how he shows up. See, Stedman going through a breakup. Okay. Someone, um, college student, takes a philosophy class, philosophy professor, completely destroys Christianity on day one. College students like, I, have no, I cannot believe that, that just happened. They start questioning all this stuff. When someone's faith is being threatened, that's when spiritual gifts step in to strengthen and encourage. When someone goes through heartache, that's when spiritual gifts show up on the scene. First Baptist Church in Shreveport right now, there are spiritual gifts showing up left and right in that church. God is manifesting His Spirit uniquely in every single one of those people there who are willing to step out and to love naturally. That spiritual gifts all over that church right now. See, when we go through the serious things in life, when someone's faith is threatened or life just hits, You know, we've all been there. 
We've all had that experience, kind of like what Stephen was saying, but you go through something and everybody's kind of responding. It's all kind of different and you're not just getting like the same cookie cutter response. And sometimes people don't know what to do and they show up like a casserole and they're like, I don't, I don't really know what to say or do, you know. That is a spiritual gift at work. That's the beauty of it. And so, two, two things to take away tonight. The first one is spiritual gifts, it's, really, it's about being yourself. See, I've taken more than, than my share of spiritual gifts tests, and you get the results of those tests back, and you're like, okay, well, if I have the gift of, um, like, one of mine, one of mine is, uh, like, leadership or whatever, then, of course, the response is, well, I guess I need to start leading something. No. I don't like spiritual gifts tests. We'll never do one at the ring because I think they're misleading. See, spiritual gifts is just about being yourself. And when you step out and you respond naturally to the ongoings and and the occurrences in people's lives around you, that's when you're on your way to figuring out how you're gifted and how you're wired. Something happens, the most natural response for you, that's your starting point. So we can't walk away from this series being like, okay, well now I need to figure out how to be more whatever. It's like, no, 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 you just, we're just all trying to be ourselves. By the grace of God, let's just be ourselves. The second thing is you got to love. I know that's what we've been talking about, but that's, that's what it comes down to. It's being yourself and responding, but it's actually loving people enough to respond to them. It's when people go through stuff, you don't just sit back and, and pretend like that person's not bawling crying at the cubicle next to you at work. When someone's walking through a tragedy, and just because you don't know what to say, you still show up at the wake. You know? It's loving people enough to really step out there and to be yourself. I was reading this sermon manuscript, and that's where the the preacher went on a part of his sermon. He said, you know what he said? The issue is not really that we're uninformed about spiritual gifts. It's that we don't love people enough to step out there and figure out what they are. We don't wake up and look at the day and, and say, God, will you use me today? Will you manifest in my life in a way that strengthens somebody's faith today? Will you open a door so that someone else and I can connect and be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, like it says in Romans 1? To look at our lives and say, I want to I be that guy. I want to be that girl. I want to be that kind of, of person. Say, so God, if you open a door today for me to strengthen someone, you open it. I'll be myself, and I'll love them. That's when things really start to come alive. You know what? It's so much of what we talk about here at the ring. It's so consistent. And so before we get into using words like prophecy and wisdom and, you know, like some of those different things, and we talk about speaking in tongues, all kinds, before we get into all that stuff, let's recognize the fact that the real issue for us is let's just learn to naturally love people and step out 
and let God show up in our lives. Let's not worry about labeling it and taking tests and figure out what ours is and circling it in the Bible and going to go into Lifeway and buying a book about it, you know? Let's not worry about that. God has called us to love people, and he's equipped us to love people. So that's the thing. You say, oh, I don't know, I wouldn't know how to respond in that situation. And, I mean, such tragedy and such, you know, or just like, just whatever it is, you say, I wouldn't know how to respond. And God says, oh, yeah, well, guess what? I created you in a way where I'm going to manifest myself and show up, and you think you don't know how to respond? You do, must not get it. Well, we're going we're gonna to try to get it some more. And I think, I think this is going to make a huge difference in a lot of, in a lot of things. And so I hope that this has sort of given you a foundational understanding. Now, I'm going to take a real broad approach to this. Some people will be real specific, and they'll say it's only the ones that are listed in the Bible. And I'm, just, I'm not in that camp. Um, so we'll see, all right? Um, so here's what, what we're going to do. We're just going to sing another song or two um, because we need to respond to this a little bit. See, if you're here and you're, you think, you know what, I don't, I don't know that I'm in myself and loving people enough to really even know where to start. Chances are, if you've been here the last couple weeks, God's been, God's been stirring you up. But look, you just don't, you don't love people well. What I've found is that when God puts his finger on the area of your life and he starts to press in, he usually doesn't let up. It usually gets more and more intense. And so we're going to sing some songs that are kind of along these lines and uh, see where he goes. So, Ben, once y'all come back up and... Um, we're just going to respond a little bit before we go. I know tonight is, is a little bit longer than usual. Um, it'll be okay. Let's pray. God, um, it's amazing that, uh, that you show up in each of our lives at all, um, especially in ways that are just so unique. God, that before you put us all together in the womb, you knew our personalities and you just had the foresight to know unique ways that you could show up. And so God, every one of us represents you every day. God, we don't, we don't tend to see ourselves the way that you do. We struggle to, to think about the fact that we have something to offer. So God, we're trusting you to just unpack some of that stuff and help us to overcome the various lies and things that we've bought into or the wrong things we've been taught. But God, the bottom line is you've called us to love. And you send us out into a world every day that needs, that needs the manifestation of the Spirit that we have to offer because you're not random. So God, in these closing moments, I pray that you'll do something in us, that you'll stir something, that you'll push us forward. God, that you'll reframe our work environment, our home environment, and our neighborhoods, and 
just everything. God, that's more consistent with the way you've put us together and the way you put your church together. We love you, Father, and uh, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.